Hello friends, this is Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and tuning in today. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be teaching you instead of preaching to you. Uh, but uh, this is the week of Christmas and December 25th is uh, almost here and it's going to be on Friday here in America. And I love the Christmas season. I love the holiday season because of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But also, uh, it was 26 years ago, December the 9th, 1994, I gave my heart and life to the Lord at a Christmas play called I Dreamed I Searched Heaven for You at the True Vine Baptist Church there in Mount Airy, North Carolina. But today I want to look at um, the history of Christmas. Now, like I said, we all celebrate Christmas because of the birth of Jesus, but did you guys know at one time Christmas was not allowed? To be celebrated did you know at one time christmas was actually a pagan holiday and so we're going to be looking at the history of christmas and you may be wondering why are we going into great detail well sometimes we just got to know why we do what we do why do we celebrate he, uh, christmas why do we celebrate easter why do we celebrate thanksgiving why do people celebrate uh, uh, halloween and saint patrick's day and the list goes on and on and on and so today i want to talk to you about the history of Christmas. Now, to begin with, Christmas, otherwise known as the birth of Jesus, was not celebrated until the 4th century, which would be around the year 399 or 400 AD. The church officially declared the shortest day of the year, uh, December 21st, for the celebration. And of course, we here in America, on our calendar, we have December the 21st as um, uh, the winter solstice. But there's another holiday that we celebrate that kind of ties right in with Christmas. The, and a matter of fact, in earlier centuries, it was the only important Christian holiday. Can you tell me what that might be? Or can you guess what that might be? That's right. It's Easter. It's Easter. Now, Easter is a time that we celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend of mine, you cannot be saved without believing in the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And did you know that the word Easter appears in the Word of God just one time? That is the only holiday that I know of that appears by name in the Word of God. And it can be found in Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 4, where the Bible says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four cornelians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Acts chapter 12, verse number 4. And so the history of, or the, the uh, holiday of Easter is it was at one time the only important Christian holiday in America. Now, December 25th was chosen to compete with the pagan Saturnalia celebration of the birth of the sun, which was also called the winter solstice. Now, December 25th, the church officially declared that a time to compete with the pagan Saturnalia uh, celebration birth of the sun because uh, pagans, they believed in the Greek god Apollo way back in the day. They were very superstitious people. And we know what superstitions are, right? Superstitions are just exactly what they are called. <laughs> Silly superstitions. I mean, you think about this. There's an old superstition that goes, you step on the crack, you break your mama's back. Friend, how many mamas would be in a hospital today with a back broke if that were true? Uh, there's another one that goes, 
uh, if you break a mirror, it's seven years bad luck. How many of you guys out there has broken a mirror by looking into it? <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Don't uh, don't get mad at me for saying that, okay? Um, but here's the thing. How many of us has broken mirrors before? We travel a lot. My wife and I do for the ministry. And, and she has these little handheld mirrors. And a lot of times, by the time we get to our destination, they're broken. Maybe because I was driving too fast. Or maybe I put the luggage in too quickly or something and they broke but friend we don't believe in luck we have faith amen we got the bible but back in the day the pagans they believed in silly superstitions such as that ezekiel uh chapter number 20 verse 30 through 33 puts it like this wherefore say unto the house of israel thus saith the lord god are ye polluted after the manner of your fathers and commit ye whoredom after their ambitions or abominations rather uh, for when ye offer your gifts, when you make your sons to pass through the fire, you pollute yourselves with all your idols, even unto this day. And that which cometh into your mind shall not be at all, that ye say, We will be as the heathen, as the families of the countries, to serve wood and stone. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out will I rule over you. Now, the people, they would celebrate the return of the sun over the next several weeks. But by the uh, Middle Ages, though, Christianity had for the most part replaced pagan rituals. As the Europeans turned to faith in Christ, they incorporated many of their favorite winter rituals into their new Christmas celebrations and traditions. And I'm glad that they kept some of them, and here's what they are. They included, number one, the burning of the Yule log, which I don't think a lot of people do that today. Uh, back, but way back then, uh, during the times of the pagans, they would have a big um, big hollow log set in, the, set in the town square. They would set it afire, and they would burn it, and they would dance around it until it went out. And the reason they did that was because they thought that the boogeyman was going to come get them. The evil spirits was going to come get them. They thought that maybe that maybe that Yule log would uh, ward them off. And still some of them kept that uh, burning of the Yule log into their uh, tradition. But uh, that's not why we burn it today. But they also kept gift giving, which is something that I'm very glad for. I don't know about you, but I like getting gifts at Christmas time. Amen? I do. And I like giving gifts at Christmas time. But the greatest gift that was ever given was eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? And, uh, you know, another reason that we have gift giving, I believe, is because uh, we read the Christmas story and you see it on the nativity scenes. The three wise men bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh to uh, Jesus. Well, the thing is, according to biblical history now, they didn't bring you at his birth. It was two years later when he was two years old because it took them nearly two years to travel to get to where Jesus was. And they brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm glad that we still kept that tradition of gift giving and also the burning of candles. Now, uh, my wife, she burns candles year-round. I mean, she's got candles in the kitchen, candles in the bedroom, candles in the living room, candles in the office, candles everywhere. Y'all just pray I don't die of carbon monoxide poison. Hey, man. And uh, she's got candles in the windows right now, right now, but they're not real candles. They're fake, and I thank God for that. Wouldn't it be awful to have real candles in the window and they, get the, they catch the uh, curtain on fire? <laughs> it would, but uh, here's the thing. Lights, according to the history of Christmas... 
Lights were important in the winter festival because they were adapted to celebrate the birth of Christ, who is the light of the world. According to the history now of Christmas, see, a lot of people don't know that. The reason that uh, the lights was started uh, was because the birth of Jesus Christ. The, he's the light of the world. Matter of fact, John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And of course, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the evergreen trees in holly were also part of the winter solstice festivals. Uh, the Christmas tree became a symbol in America uh, during the 18th century. And the Christmas tree, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, according to history, represents life eternal in Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Because at this time, most of your trees lose their color, they die out, but the evergreen tree still stays evergreen. Amen? And the holly. What about the holly? Well, the holly was the wreaths that they used to put on. Now, back in the time, they would use these wreaths to ward off evil spirits, and they would use the Christmas tree to keep them out of the house. But in the country of Europe, the Celts and the Vikings had used evergreens as a symbol of everlasting life in their festivals. Where does everlasting life come from? It comes from Almighty God. Amen? But during the early years of America, listen to this, during the early years of America, Christmas was not even allowed. As a matter of fact, it was outlawed in Boston from 1659 to 1681. It was the Puritans or the Pilgrims who were strong in their beliefs to get rid of anything related to these pagan rituals. 2 Kings 17, verse 10 through 12, puts it like this. And they set them up images in groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke or to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols, whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Now, Christmas was not declared a federal holiday until June the 26th of 1870. What is a federal holiday? It's a day when most people get off work, except those that work in law enforcement and in the emergency medical services and the hospitals. And thank God for them. Amen. Thank God for them. Uh, our war veterans, people that serve in the military, uh, a lot of them don't get to come home for Christmas. Thank God for them and think about them this holiday season. In the 1900s, Americans began to embrace Christmas. In the 1900s, our great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents began to make Christmas a whole new thing than what it was way back when, when it was a pagan uh, holiday. Our great-great-grandparents reinvented it into a family-centered day of peace and nostalgia instead of a carnival-style holiday. It was a time where families get together. It was a time when people would reflect on the year and, and think about the good things in life. Also around this time, Charles Dickens wrote a classic novel. What in the Dickens did Charles Dickens write? <laughs> you guessed it, A Christmas Carol. He wrote A Christmas Carol. Now, what did that story show? The Christmas Carol, it showed the importance of charity and goodwill to all humankind. The word charity is another word for love. Now, 
Christmas time, it seems like more and more people show charity than any other time of the year. Christmas time, December, seems like more and more people show goodwill to all humankind, more so than any other time of the year. But let me ask you a question. How many months are in the year? Twelve. Why can we not show charity and goodwill to all humankind twelve months out of the year instead of just one month out of the year? Amen? That's a, that's a good question, isn't it? Well, 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, Let all your things be done with charity. Also, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So, friend, we need to spread love and goodwill to all humankind all the time. And the best way to spread that love is to share the gospel with your fellow man. Amen. Share the gospel with your fellow man and help a neighbor out and, and pray for one another. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted to one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, Christmas also provided families with a day that they could lavish attention and gifts on their children without appearing to spoil them. And let me say this, it's also a time when we can lavish attention and gifts on our spouses too. Amen? Uh-huh. Come on now. And so, uh, yeah. Well, I, hey, husbands like gifts too. Amen. Well, as we wrap this thing up, as we bring it to a close, Americans built a Christmas tradition all their own. They reinvented the holiday to fill the cultural needs of a growing nation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me close by saying this. Christmas is not about the uh, big fat man in the red suit coming down the chimney. Christmas is about, number one, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christmas is about families getting together and loving one another and spending time with one another. One another. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied. And taking care of each other and thanking God that He sent the most greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. And so, thank you once again for tuning in today and listening to the Sowing and Reaping Audio podcast. And, and I hope that wherever you may be listening at right now, I pray that you have a very Merry Christmas just on purpose. God bless you. Until next broadcast time.